You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, friends. I'm Ashley. I am your host. I'm a yoga teacher, a self-care coach, a mama of two little girls, and I am obsessed with finding out ways to take care of ourselves, discovering what can be done to fill up the cup so that we can love and take care of others and ourselves at the same time. And I'm just, I'm glad that you're tuning in this week. I actually started Yoga Magic about, well, a little over a year and a half, uh, December of 2019. And it's been such a joy being able to talk to so many teachers and healers and leaders in the space of spirituality, wellness, yoga. And I'm just, the show, friends, is it's starting to reach so many new people. I've seen some huge growth in the last few weeks. And I think that's because a lot of us are really hungry for this. We're really, we're really committed to ourselves right now, knowing that the state of the world is is pretty chaotic and that the only place that we can, you know, impact right now is within is to truly take care of ourselves so that we can go out and do do the good work. So thanks for being here. My hope is that this show really does bring you new and accessible practices. If you're new to any of this, awesome. That's that's the hope, right? Some of you are further along your evolutionary path. Some of you are very used to spiritual talk, astrology, all the things. And hopefully some of you are brand new and are like, what is Mercury retrograde? You know, all the things. I hope that I can reach so many different people and bring this information to you. Speaking of Mercury retrograde, we are officially in to Mercury retrograde in Libra. And if you do not know what that is, that's okay. We use we kind of blame a lot of things on Mercury retrograde. I often hear that in the yoga studio. It's like, oh, is, is Mercury in retrograde? And yes, it is annoying, but this happens a lot and it's not a huge deal. It's what we make of it. Okay, everybody? So what is Mercury retrograde? It is when the Earth is moving at a different pace than Mercury, and it appears that Mercury is going backwards. And I should say that there are a number of planets in retrograde at the moment. And what that means for our self-study, our self-care work, is that it's a great time of reflection. It's a time to look backwards, to assess, and potentially release, but really just, just study. Look backwards and see, like, what did I learn in this period? And it's in an air sign. It's in Libra, which is the sign of relationships, the sign of of true commitment. And, you know, it might be a really great self-study to look back and assess your relationships, assess how you're showing up for them, how others are showing up for you, your relationship with yourself. And, you know, just just look, just study. It's, it's not necessarily 
action oriented a Mercury retrograde, but it's it's a time of reflection. I had the opportunity this past weekend to go on a yoga retreat and do quite a bit of reflection. I have never been on a yoga retreat. It was so much fun. I'm going to have the hosts of the show or of the retreat rather on the show up in the future but it was such a cool opportunity to meet new people I was I went by myself I had a couple friends that were going as well it was in Seattle it was in the mountains we practiced yoga and meditation we did some sound healing we hiked we went whale watching it was just like such an amazing opportunity to experience magic you know in real life and there was Sometimes I think when I go into these, you know, trainings or deep meditations or in this case a retreat, I'm going to come away, come back with these like huge lessons and these aha moments. And I think that is definitely the case sometimes. Sometimes though, the aha moments and the discovery is so subtle, but it, it can really change the course of your path. I'll give an example. So we, we had this amazing sound healing and... I've done some, you know, some sound healing before or I've experienced it before. I often will fall asleep and I, I think that's, you know, what the body will need and it, you absorb the vibration and sometimes you go into a bit of a dream state, accessing theta waves within your brain. And I, I woke up from this like shorty nap in the sound healing and I started to remember moments in my life of, of extreme abundance. And it wasn't necessarily like in money or things, it was abundance in creativity. It was abundance in connecting to people. And I used to do lots of theater and music. I was a music major in college. I was toured in a choir. It was very much like singing was a huge part of my life. And for whatever reason, I stopped. I stopped singing when I worked full time and had children and just the last, you know, 10 or so years, I just haven't really been singing. And I was getting these flashbacks in this like little nap of all the times in my life where I was singing, where music was a huge piece of my creative existence, of my abundance of my life. And I got a very, very clear voice in this moment as I'm lying there waking up from this nap that I need to return to singing in some way. And it it was so clear and it filled me up with so much emotion and joy in that moment and that aha to return to singing is something that I have you know I can put into practice right now it's not it doesn't have to be a huge thing you know maybe maybe I'll just start singing with my kids that's kind of my hope is that I'll start singing with my kids again and I have a piano I can start playing the piano and singing or maybe even take guitar lessons I don't know where this is going to go but my point is is that these subtle messages these simple things, sing again, can really, really impact our well-being, our manifestation practices, and we just have to be willing to listen, right? So I encourage you this Mercury retrograde to do some of that listening, reflect, pay attention on what comes up for you um, in your life. That is the perfect segue to our amazing guest today, Christy Whitman. So I have such a wide variety of guests on this show. I have guests that are new to their spiritual practice, their spiritual teachings. I have teachers that have been doing this for years and years that have just, you know, this 
huge vault of knowledge. And Christy is one of those OG, amazing spiritual teachers. I feel so honored to have her on this show. Christy Whitman is a New York Times bestselling author and transformational leader. She has appeared on the Today Show, the Morning Show. She's on a TEDx. She's on the Hallmark Channel. And she has her work featured in so many publications and magazines. And it's on the Law of Attraction. We talk about the law of attraction a lot on this show. She taps into a number of different universal laws um, that energy and how it works into our life, manifestation as a broader scope. So we're going a little bit deeper today. We're going a little bit deeper into these ideas. And Christy is such an amazing teacher, a great opportunity to just think about spirituality as it has existed forever, right? It, it's it's funny because spirituality and manifestation and a lot of the things that we talk about on the show have become super popular even within the last five years. But this stuff has been happening <laughs> forever, right? And I love the way Christy talks about that, about how much bigger the laws and manifestation and, and all of this work that we we kind of just nonchalantly talk about has has been impacting the world. Um, so I'm so grateful to have Chrissy on this show. If you're new to Yoga Magic, please follow us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. If you love this show, consider leaving a review. A five-star review is my fave. And a little note, a little love note. Um, it's been a beat since anybody has left one. So, you know, if you do bonus points, I will share it and shout you out so many times. I'm so grateful. But I'm just glad you're here, everyone. And yeah, we do these each week, every Thursday. I like to throw in some bonus episodes as well, talking astrology and self-care um, but it's it's growing and it's because of you thank you so much all right let's talk to christy whitman about manifestation and universal laws welcome christy i'm so excited to be chatting with you today like i was literally just saying this is a whole another world of us of our exploring what is possible in this life and i feel like you have a lot of amazing insight can you tell listeners just who you are and what you do well, that's a loaded question, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I literally am a seeker. I do that through coaching, through healing. I'm a channeler. Um, I've been on this path for about 25 years of teaching on universal laws and energy mastery and helping people just apply it to all different parts of their lives. And so I, I help people um, become get out of the way of the money blocks, you know, mm. to be able to be in natural alignment with the money and success and well-being and love. And I, and I do it in different ways. Sometimes I do meditations. Other times I do courses. There's, you know, channeling sessions that I do with the council. So, you know, I, I've spent many years certifying uh, law of attraction coaches through the quantum success coaching Academy. So I've been in my own internet business for 15 years and created like everything that I ever desired in my life. And mm -hmm. today I was just so grateful because I went to Pilates with, I just love my Pilates instructor. And all of a sudden this woman came from this store that we is right in the same, you know, complex. And she came over, she goes, Hey, come over here. And, and, uh, she told Jody and I, Jody's my Pilates instructor. She goes, come here. I want to talk to you guys outside. And she goes, we have a bunch of clothes. Cause they have a small little shop. We have a bunch of clothes that we have to get rid of. We thought you guys are such great customers. Why don't you come over and see what you want? And we looked at each other like, seriously. And we go over there and there's stacks of these leggings and like really cute clothes. And they're like, yeah, take what you, whatever you want. I'm like, 
like, what is this life? It's like amazing, you know? And so I just took some of the things I wanted and, and she took and got stuff for outfits. And I was just like, this is incredible, you know, just to have fun like that. And then I came home and there was all these butterflies. I'm like, I feel like I'm living in a fairy tale. That not every day is like that, but today right. was a good day. <laughs> it's like these like everyday little manifestations and things that pop up for us that are, I mean, that are truly magical. I love that example because you, you weren't necessarily focused on getting a bunch of really cool free clothes, but you had that magnetism, right? And you're going to give us all the tips and the tricks on this. And like, and it comes your way. And what other things, are there any really wild things that have entered into your world because of the work that you're doing? Just kismet things that have happened? Oh my gosh. So many things. I mean, I have so many stories. I need to just have a quick book of stories. Um, when, when my husband and I lived in Montreal and we had a house in Arizona and we had to get settled in with our kids, we were looking at coming just to Arizona full time. And so we were talking about just having a conversation, you know, about selling our house. And this is while we were in Paris, having the time of our lives Mm. talking about what's our next move. And, when we got back, we decided, yeah, let's sell the house and let's settle in Arizona. We made that decision while we were in Paris having this amazing trip. And we come back and I, on a, this is on a Friday. On a Monday, we decided that we weren't going to go with a friend of ours because we didn't want to make any waves. And we did that before and, you know, didn't want to have that experience. So we're going to go with someone that's, you know, well-known or, you know, has a client base in the area. And so I said, we need to call him though and let him know right. That we're going to go with someone else just out of friendship and, you know, professional courtesy and all that kind of stuff. So my husband calls him and says, Hey, we just want to let you know, we are going to put our house on the market. We're not sure who we're going to go with, but we're definitely, uh, we don't want to have anything go between our friendship, you know? So just giving you that a professional courtesy. And so he goes, I might have someone that could come and see your house tonight. Don't sign anything. And, 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 uh, that night, two different people came to our house the next night, the one, the second couple came back, made us an offer. We countered. We sold the house within a week of making that decision. We never oh had gosh. to take a picture. <laughs> we never listed it on the internet. Like we never staged it, like nothing, you know, and got exactly what we wanted. They even wanted the furniture that we weren't going to need to use. And we would just end up storing. It was, it was so absolutely magical. I love that's, and we're all deserving of that ease. We get, we get to experience that. And yet so many of us don't really know how (laughs) to make things happen in that way. I I didn't always know the how either. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was not my life. I mean, when my life, when I, when I first started is, you know, I was accomplishing things and I was working really hard. And I, you know, I was told that, Hey, you know, if you do that, have this, this, and this, then you're going to be happy. So I went to college, you know, I started a career right out of college, moved from Arizona to Chicago, lived in this great city, started, you know, my career in wine sales and liquor sales. And, you know, I had a great time, found the guy I thought got engaged and I was miserable. Mm. And that's where I was like, is this, is this it? And slowly starting unraveling parts of those, you know, the, the lies that I was living, if you will, or the things that I thought were going to make me happy. And so I, um, I got out of the relationship and 
I moved from Chicago. I, I love Chicago as a city, but in the winters, I was a cranky pants. So I got out of Chicago, moved to Northern California, and everything started opening up for me because I started learning about that we create our own reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is 25 years ago, wasn't it? Before internet and all this stuff, you know, it, it, I had a, I attracted this woman into my life and that's what she said to me is, you know, you create your own reality. And that's for me, it was like, well, how something, something in me knew like, yes, I do create my own reality. Something like big opened up in me, but then I went, how? And she said, by your thoughts, you're either repelling things from you or attracting things to you based on how you think. And that was for me, that awareness point of how I think like to what, I mean, my thoughts are my thoughts, right? I thought I was my thoughts. I thought my thoughts were me. And to have that awareness, to start just paying attention to what the thoughts are saying, having that level of awareness, I really got how critical I was being of myself and everyone I knew and, you know, everything and God, you know, the universe and how I was very judgmental and nothing was ever enough. And I I certainly wasn't attracting a, a life that I loved at that point. And I, what I, just, I just wanted to learn everything I could. Right. As like, I was, I, I was so hungry. And so I started taking meditation classes and light body classes and energy classes and, you know, all these different things and started tra- reading all the authors that I could, that would talk about it. And I just started applying the information and started seeing weight drop off of me. Cause when I moved to Northern California, I gained 60 pounds. No, I think in six pounds, I was 160 pounds, which is the heaviest I'd ever been. I was $60,000 in credit card debt. I quit my job. I was lost and yet found at the same time. So, but I was looking at, this is a time in my life where it was like, I was really looking at what is a lack mentality and what is an abundance mentality. And to see the polar opposite of that. And, and I could see I was in a lack mentality. I looked at situations as what was wrong or bad instead of what was right and good. I was very, very competitive, not in a fun team sport kind of way, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, that's one kind of a competitive, but, you know, I would compare my ring size to somebody else's, you know, and and that kind of constant comparison. And because that's what, how I was raised. I was constantly compared to my sister, you know, and it just, just those, that feeling of, coming from fear and living your life in worry, all of that's coming from a lack perspective. And so I started just, you know, one thing at a time, one issue that came up, one thing that I attracted started shifting my thoughts around it and would shift into a state of abundance rather than lack. And that's what I help people do now. I get this. I've been doing this, this study and reading and just absorbing all of this content, yours included around abundance versus lack. Yet I think people, I mean, that's probably why you're, you're busy is people don't know how to switch or to even catch themselves because we're so trained to, to stay in that lack or just again, comparison or negative self-talk or whatever it is. How First, can we just identify that we're in lack, lack mentality? I'll, I'll give you a cliff note version of all that, right? Because one of the laws that I talk about that I think is the most absolutely important 
law as a human being that we all know and understand is the, not the law of attraction, but the law of sufficiency and abundance. Because if you look at that law as like a spectrum, on one side of the spectrum, you have lack. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have abundance. Everything on the side of lack that's coming from a lack perspective, lack mentality, all of that, it never feels good. All lack has, has negative feelings attached to it. So fear, worry, depression, it's not a, that's, that's a disease state, not an emotion, sadness, um, you know, disappointment, regret, right? All of that comes from a lack perspective. And on the other side of that spectrum is abundance. That's where the feelings of joy and freedom and magic and, you know, fun and, you know, just joy and abundance and success and prosperity, all of that are on that side. And, but when you're in lack, you don't know that that exists over there. That becomes the world that you live in. People live in the drama triangle. There was uh, Dr. Stephen Cartman in the 60s, you know, came out with this psychological term about the drama triangle. Yes. And, you know, I talk a lot about that in a, I do a vice freedom program in January, but it's all about, you have only three roles to play. You either play the rescuer or which is the, oh, let me overdo, you know, let me do for everybody. So I feel important or you're the victim or you're the persecutor, you're the bad guy. And if you live inside the drama triangle, you, you, you don't know that there exists. It's like living in a, if you ever saw the Truman show with, um, yeah, when this is the doctor, I always wanted to call him Adam Sandler. Jim, Jim Carrey. There, thank you. Jim. Yeah. Carrey. yeah. So, it, you know, J- he, Jim Carrey is that his actor Truman, he has no idea what's beyond he's living in this bubble. That's what it feels like for someone that's in drama, that someone that's in victim consciousness. And so unless you actually start paying attention to the one thing that we actually have, um, effect and responsibility on is our consciousness. And what's our consciousness? It's the words that we say, the thoughts that we think, the perspectives that we hold, the emotions that we feel or don't, and the actions that we take. So the first place I say to start with people are watching your words. Mm-hmm. I, I created a, a program because the people would say, it's, well, how do you start with like these big concepts? Well, start watching what you say, because There are 30 words and phrases that people say that come from lack. And when you say it, it feels bad. You feel bad. And it creates the momentum of more negative things coming to you because you're in that drama world and you can't see beyond it. But if you start paying attention to the words and phrases and you start saying things that are more creative instead of victim or from lack. So, for example, around, you know, the, the lockdown of the pandemic, I heard everybody saying, I miss, I miss getting a pedicure. I miss seeing my kids play soccer. I miss going to school. I miss going to play golf. I miss this. I miss that. Right. And every time I heard that, whether it was people on TV or athletes or neighbors, everybody was saying it. Mm -hmm. And that just pulls everybody's energy down into a space of your, you feel, you perceive you're lacking something or that there is a problem that will leave you feeling bad. And instead I caught myself and it was fun. What was, what I created from that and conversations that I had with my son about it. But I remember catching myself saying to my husband, I miss going on a date. And I would wait, no, 
I'm looking forward to going on a date. Mm. And, he, and he said, let's go on a date. So we went on a walk without the dog, just the two of us in our neighborhood. And it, we had this conversation about, you know what? I really look forward to going on a date with you. What would we do? And then we'd both decide we wanted to go to a nice restaurant. And then it became, ooh, which nice restaurant? When they all open again, because someday they're going to open, which restaurant do we want to go to? And then it became, who do we want to go with? And for me, then it became about, what am I going to wear? And which, you know, <laughs> it was like, it was a creative thing in the middle of a time that most people are like, oh, this sucks. I can't do anything. Right. And the first time it opened is like, I called my cousin Natalie and her husband, Tim, and we went to the restaurant and I wore that outfit. And it was, it was, just delightful. So it's all about perspective. If you feel you're in lack, or if you feel you're limited, you feel crappy, Mm. you feel bad. But if you're Mm. in abundance, if you're in alignment with abundance, you feel good. So there's a tipping point. So how do you go from lack to abundance, right? There's a tipping point where lack turns into abundance. And that tipping point is satisfaction. It's sufficiency, having the perspective that where I am right here, right now is enough and finding the positive aspects, finding really things to appreciate and be thankful for that you have right now that will tip you into abundance. (laughs) But talking about what you don't have and how bad it's been or when things are going to change that are out of our control and all the separation conversation and all of the you know, like me against them and you better get vaccinated and I can't see you if you're not and you better wear masks and are you democratic? Like all of that's Afghanistan, like all this stuff. If everybody can align back with sufficiency, with light and come from that place, then competition and all of that stuff goes away. And I like what you said, how you rephrased this, you know, the I miss words because it's not, you're still acknowledging what's happening. You know, it's not um, spiritual bypassing in any way when it's like, okay, I'm rephrasing this language or I'm rephrasing the way I'm looking at things. And, and I feel like I've totally noticed this in the last even couple of weeks, like being in back in the yoga studios and just people are just, they're just fried. They're just so burnt. And like, as a, as, as a healer, as an empath, similar to you, it sometimes it's really hard to keep that away and stay in that high vibrational state would stay in that abundance state, but it is possible. And it's, it's really, it takes some focus. It takes energy mastery it takes energy. Yeah. Energy, Ooh, energy mastery. mastery. Yeah. Because when you are understanding that, yes, you go out in the world and there are people that, as you said, I like, that's a way, a good way you put it. They're fried right? I've noticed that too. People at the restaurants or, you know, wherever it's like, they don't have that level of joy and, you know, like just, Oh, inspiration, that oomph, you know, that, that joie de vivre, as they say, you know, in the French language, it's just so beautiful that it it's like, they're just, they're shrunken. They feel like they've been beaten down. And that's where it's like, we, it doesn't have to be that way because you can heal back with light and you can heal back into abundance and well-being and come back into your power. It's like when you are there, you're playing a victim or you feel victimized. And that's not where everybody has the choice of going, right? It's like there, there's a, there's, there's abundance that's available. And, you know, if you want to change your life, no matter what the circumstances are, you can change your life, mm-hmm. no matter what the circumstances are.
mm-hmm. there's always going to be something going on in the world, right? I'd love to live in a world, but kind of like I did today, where it was like rainbows and unicorns and lollipops and fairy dust. Today was a <laughs> good day. I want more of that. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, that would be nice, but it's not, it's not, we're not here for that reason. There's just no way that we would continue to evolve if it was that easy. You know, I can be, it can be that it's not that it's, it can't be easy and that we can't have it be like that is that as we move and transition, right. It's like every experience is a transition. I mean, last week I had, I went to a funeral, right. And it was a day of crying and and a day of mourning and a day of supporting and, you know, a day of awareness and, you know, a day of growth. And then today to have the day that I had, you know, it's like, I, I know that by channeling the council, it's like with all this stuff that is going around right now, when something hooks me, I need to heal that within myself and find compassion for myself, you know, for having whatever bad or, you know, negative human experience I'm having and choose to bring the energy in that I want to be in. And so that I'm coming from a place of being full so that I'm not being affected by other people that are at Pilates studio or the grocery store or wherever it is that I'm able to just continue to send light and continue to send light to the people in Afghanistan or the people, you know, all over the world that are fighting with their families because of vaccine stuff. And, you know, all this stuff that's happening, I choose to just send out light. I don't want to be involved in those conversations because those will pull me down. I just want to get, be led by light. And if there's something for me to do, whether it's write a letter or send an email or call someone or, you know, whatever's ex- expected of me from that partnership, then I'll do it. And it's so tempting to get sucked in. You're talking about the drama triangle. I love that. I, oh my gosh, the temptation to get into those conversations or into the, to the, the news or whatever it is. is so, ugh. yeah. It's so ingrained. If you think about it, all of our uh, Broadway plays all of our fairy tales, even our, you know, DC comics and and the Marvel comics, there's always the same three roles. There is the the victim, right? So look at Cinderella, right? And then you have, ooh, the rescuer, the white, the, you know, horse, the the prince on the white horse, right? Like coming to save her, the rescuer, right? And then you have the evil witch. She's the bad guy. She's the persecutor. You have that in every storyline. And, and, and that's how most of us have been trained to speak to each other and to act with each other and to fuse with each other and, you know, to feel for each other. The more we can feel for ourselves and own ourselves and think for ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. we, uh, we're, we're much more empowered and we're much more aligned and we're much more, life becomes more fun, much more freeing. Hey friends, your newest sponsor here today on the show, and that's me, Ashley, your host. I wanted to share a brand new offering for you amazing Yoga Magic listeners out there. It's a one-on-one cosmic self-care reading. The reality of self-care is that there are just so many different options out there, and it can be a little overwhelming. Your best practice, self-care practice, might look you know, a lot different than your best friends or even the Instagram post you saw yesterday. But it can take a lot of time to figure out which routines, rituals, and practices actually fill up your cup. And that's why we utilize astrology. So in a one-on-one cosmic self-care session, you'll receive a reading of your birth chart with specific focus on the placements that impact your self-care practices. 
We'll talk through your current routine, your work-life balance, your family life, and come up with a customized plan that you can implement right away. So less time experimenting and more time just nurturing yourself so that you can keep doing the amazing work that you're doing in the world. If you're curious what a session looks like or how I use astrology to inspire self-care, check out episode 110, which is an on-air session with my friend Gina. I'll give you a little taste of what this looks like. As a thank you for listening to this show, I'm extending a limited time discount of $10 off your session. Head over to the show notes or www.ashleysondergaard.com and use the code YOGAMAGIC to get $10 off. So you've touched on two of the universal laws, the law of attraction and then the law of sufficiency sufficiency and abundance. abundance. Can you talk just briefly about the others and how that all plays into your work? Yeah. So for me, I found that there are seven essential laws. I've been talking about this for years and educating people on the universal laws for 20 years. And, you know, and when the secret came out 15 ish years ago, it was amazing because it was like, now people were understanding this thing called law of attraction, right? What most people don't get about law of attraction is that it's not just visualizing and it's not just, you know, feeling it, it, you have to get your whole entire energy field together. And there are a lot of people that have split energy. They're visualizing, they're doing their, you know, vision boards. They're thinking about what they want. They're doing their gratitude list. They're doing their meditations They're you know, they're doing yoga, they're doing these things, but yet they're not aware of the other parts of them that have split energy. And it's, we have to understand that we are energy receivers And we always have to receive an energy. If you are not deliberately bringing in, cooking up to, connecting with light in a way and deliberately bringing in the energy that is available and those frequencies that are available to every single one of us, if you're not bringing those in, when you go to the grocery store and the person that's sitting there in fear, your cells take on their energy. That's why empaths for so long, it's like they feel like they've got to be alone so much and they got to really protect themselves because they are sensitive to energy. They need to do more energy work than anybody to get into that place of really receiving in the energy of love or well-being or whatever it is that they want playing with that. Right. But that's understanding that law of attraction, you are an energy receiver, receiver first and foremost, and then you are an energy container. So people are depleted because their energy, they're picking up from fear energy. It's all over the place right now. They're all picking that up. They don't know how to stretch out and contain their energy. And then what they send out is more things that don't fill them up. They feel empty, overwhelmed. They don't feel well. They, they're tired. They're, you know, because when you just bring in that energy and then contain that energy of what you decide today, I want to feel joy. And you just bring in that energy of joy and you just hold yourself in it. Well, now what you're going to be sending out is joy, you know, appreciation. I was just sitting here taking a picture before I was, you know, waiting to have our conversation. And I had to take a picture because I'm like, I have these beautiful flowers and this beautiful, you know, glass of this bottle that my girlfriend bought me when I turned 50 and I have my iced tea. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, appreciating your environment, starting with things around you. You know, it's like gender, bring in that energy, decide how you're going to want to feel because we all get caught up. I mean, I could get knocked off by my parents. I could get knocked off by my kid (laughs) and I do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, so it's just coming back to, okay, you know, 
all right, that was, I feeling a little bit of anger in there and I need to go be by myself to process the anger. That's what I help teach people to do with the council of light is really just being able to master and move energy. Like anything physical always has something to do energetically, anything in the energy body, as far as manifestation, anything that the emotions, all of it, anytime it's split energy, you're not using your full force force of power. It's like, you have, you know, part of you going one way and part of you going the other way. And it's like, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're split. So then is, so law of attraction being that we're attracting the other people's energies, as far as the other essential laws or the things that you work with, you know, protecting our own energy and setting that up in a way that is magnetizing the right things is obviously a huge piece of it. What What else? So yeah, it's declaring and that's the law of deliberate creation. So all these laws kind of work with, you know, the different parts of us is that understanding law of attraction, everything is energy, right? Mm -hmm. With law of deliberate creation, we have our mind, we have our full focus. I actually, we, I talk about these in the steps, there are seven steps to um, the desire factor. Desire factor is my latest book that came out. And it has like these steps that really chunk down. What are the actual steps that you do when you're wanting to manifest something? And one of them is, you know, focus is Mm -hmm. the second principle and they have to go in in a certain order. So it's like, you want to focus when you are applying the law of deliberate creation, you're the one choosing where you want to put your focus, how you want to feel, what you want to experience, what energy you want to bring in, right? It's, it's all of that. And having that focus when you start to deliberately, a bill comes in, you don't have the money, instead of being in that space of fear, you get into a place of saying, okay, what do I want? What, what do I want? Why do I want it? How do I want to feel? When you can notice something that you don't want, when you just ask yourself that question, well, I know what I don't want. What do I want? I want money. Okay. How much money? I want a lot more money. Okay. What is that? Right. It's like, get to know yourself. What is it that if you notice what you don't want, instead of complaining and playing a victim to what you don't want, identify what do you want? I want to be financially free. Okay. Well, why? Right. Well, because I will feel like I'm free. I feel like I have security. I'll, I'll feel, you know, like I can be generous. Well then be all those things right now. Feel the freedom now feel the security now, feel the protection or safety or love or abundance or joy or exhilaration, whatever it is that you're wanting to feel, feel it now because that becomes more attractive. So that's the law of deliberate creation. Mm -hmm. And when you are in that space of feeling good, you're in that space of allowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I have all this information like on my website and stuff that I break down into the laws. I talk about it on my podcast, the desire factor so. I like, I'll definitely link those up too, so that people can kind of have a reference point. But I think this is, this is helpful to think about it in these, like it all kind of comes down to the same things. Like it's not necessarily like they're not wildly different. Right. And yet hearing you say it out loud to me, it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course. And I can, I'm almost catching myself in like, okay, focus that's, you can't, you can't be focusing on a gazillion different things at one time. That's not possible. That's kind of not the point. Right. So I, yeah, I'm just like wrapping my brain around, around all of this stuff. It's so good. <laughs> processing as you're telling me, I want to talk a little about, about your latest book and 
the podcast in this idea of desire and really, um, you know, what those hidden desires are, you would in, when I was reading up all about you and there was this idea that we have this one hidden desire. What is that? I'm so excited (laughs) to know. And yeah, I guess like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah. So let's first talk about desires and then get into that conversation. Then I'll, I'll share that is that, okay. So all of us have desires, whether it's desire to go get a glass of water and to drink something, you have desire to go to the bathroom, you have desire to go fix yourself a meal, you have desire to relax with your dog, you have desire to create a family, right? Or go on a boat trip or go see the ocean or build a new home or get a new car. Desires are, they're part of our experience because without desires, nothing happens right? It's like, imagine you're sitting on your couch and you have no desire to get up. You're not going to get up. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, and then even when you're laying there and say, you have to go to the bathroom and you're like, Oh, I don't want to get up. You you're, you still have a desire to relieve yourself. There's always desire there when something moves in this world. Right. And so we all have desires that we know we're aware of, but we've talked ourselves out of them because what happens is a lot of times we get a desire and then we either follow with it and we flow with it. And then, you know, a a roadblock comes or something, some contrasting experience comes and then we give up, go up. Okay. Well, I guess that, you know, I guess that that's not possible for me or the universe doesn't love me or law of attraction doesn't work for me or, you know, all the other things that we say. Right. And it, it, but desires are meant to grow us and expand us. Like desires are the birthplace of everything. And so when you follow that desire factor, the underlying reason, why do, what do you want? Why do you want it? And how do you want to feel? When you follow that, it's life-giving. You become more of who you really are in total, not just who you are as a personality, because those desires that are like, oh, I want to do that. I want to experience that it moves us into action. And if we deny those desires, if we tell ourselves, oh, having desires is bad, or it's not spiritual, or it's not this or that, we talk ourselves out of them. And then we feel some level of suffering. We feel angry inside because we go, well, no matter what I do, I can't seem to. So we feel powerless. That's not being in alignment with abundance. That's not being in alignment with the divine. And being in alignment is the first step in creating your desires. Because when you're in alignment, meaning you're noticing the thoughts, you're noticing, wait a minute, I just said, I can't do that. And that didn't feel good. I'm going to change it to, I'm, that's not a financial priority for me. Or instead of, I can't wait going, Ooh, you know, I look forward to that. Right. There's, there's subtle that's why, you know, that's, you're applying the law of deliberate creation when you can subtly change the words that you say and the energy that's in you. Once you start working with the words, then you start paying attention to the thoughts. And then you start paying attention to the perspective and the emotions and the actions that you take. And that's all consciousness is. And that's how we create is from those five things. 
we do totally talk ourselves out of desires. Like I'm hearing you say this and it's, it's so funny. I had, I had said to my husband, I really want to have a podcast like maybe three years ago. And I just kept talking myself out of it. And then it just kept finding me. And here we are, you know, there's almost like no escaping it. If it really is a real desire, we talk ourselves out of it. And then we were almost resentful because of that reason. We envy those that have it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, even, even then those are, there are others that do that their whole lives and don't ever listen to it. At least you, you know, you listened and then did something about it. There's some people that live in that quiet desperation that they want these things and they're angry about life because they're, you know, they're, they don't believe that they can create what it is that they desire. They're in the place of lack. They don't feel that they either have enough or that there's enough opportunity. The perspective is in lack. And when you have a perspective in lack, you don't feel good. You just can't, but you know, when you, when you start to let the desire breathe you and move you and it's like, you feel the energy of it. And then it's like, you cannot not do it. There was got to a point probably with you were like, I cannot not do this. I want to do this. <laughs> kind right? of, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So, I mean, they feed us, they help us become more of who we are. They excite us. There's life, you know, life that flows through us. Mm-hmm. It, it's a connection point with the divine. And so this, to answer your other question, the secret desire that most people have, and this opens up a can of worms every time I talk about it. And that's why I love it. Cause it just, you know, brings awareness to the subject is money. Yeah. Somewhere long before you and long before I was born, someone said, we're going to have this thing called money. If you want to, instead of me giving you a chicken and you giving me a pig, we're going to make it easier, right? Yeah. We're going to do this coin thing and this dollar thing, right? Someone it, long before, and, and that's how they exchange things. I'm going to give you something of value for something of value. And to this day, if you want to have a snack, you, you know, either go into the refrigerator where you already bought, you already paid for something, or you go to the grocery store, or you go to a restaurant, but you pay something. So you get something. It's a medium of exchange, but somewhere along the way, we were told that money is the, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, it was actually greed is the root of all evil. It wasn't money. So here's the, here's the split energy. I Mm. have to have money in order to go on that wonderful trip that I've always dreamed of, or to have that beautiful pair of shoes or to send my kids to the best school or to start a podcast, or to invest in my business, or whatever it is, move out of the apartment into my dream home, you know, whatever the desire may be, doesn't matter what it is, it, it literally moves us to become more of who we want to be more of who, and yet we have that. And then it's like, we get stuck on the money. It's not really the money we want. It's the experience that the money will bring us. But most people go, oh, it's money. I can't, I can't, I, you know, that's bad. I can't, I can't want more money. I'm going to sound greedy. I'm going to sound selfish. I'm going to, right? And so there's this split because there's a part of spirituality and religion that have said, have said, you know, and even the what, the, how it was um, shown to us is that those that were in service of light, right, they were poor, right, or impoverished. I mean, they, you know, like look at a look at a um, a Buddhist monk, right. And Buddhist monk don't have to, they don't have investment accounts. They don't have families that they, they don't have kids they put to college, 
right? They don't have any of that. They take their little bowl of rice. They know that they're going to get it every single day. They don't want for more. And that's why they entered into that type of st- lifestyle. But most of us aren't Buddhist monks. And, but that's the image, right? That's what service means. That service, it, it's ingrained as like an imprint that if you're in service, like a coach or, you know, I've been a coach for 20 years or an author or a yoga teacher or, you know, a healer of any kind or a medium or a channeler, you know, that, Ooh, you shouldn't, you should, I see so many healers that don't charge what they're worth. I had, I had a, I had a goddess retreat up in um, carefree, carefree Arizona. And this woman was so fantastic. And she came in, she gave us a sound healing and she was like this angel and lights and the, the whole demonstration. It was like, Whoa. I mean, just this healing at the end of a really great, you know, day that we're mixing up energy and doing all this stuff. She charged me. And I think I had 12 women there. She charged me, um, $150. And I was like, what (laughs) you were undercharging that you, that I would have easily paid $500 for that. Why are you charging me $150? And I was just throwing money at her. I was like, "Uh uh-uh. And so she started changing, Mm -hmm you know, what she charged because you need to charge what you're worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just didn't come in and bring pull bowls. I mean, she created an experience, you know, and, and that her, she brought her whole self into that experience. She brought the value. She just half do it. I mean, she brought a lot of value. So bring the value and align with, you know, what it is that you desire, not necessarily the money, but what the money represents, either the freedom or the security or the independence or the power, whatever it may be. Don't look for the money to be that. Know that your source is, is the, is the power itself is the energy itself. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about manifesting money or I think about attracting money or setting that goal of money, I'm, I totally understand this point of, of just skin talking ourselves out of it, being of service to others. And they're, some in my mind, it feels like oh, there's so many people that don't have anything. Why? Why can I want more? I already have a beautiful life. Why can? Why is it okay for me to want more? What would you say to someone with that question? Asking maybe for a friend, but also myself. <laughs> Clearly, myself. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, I love that. No, honestly, if you started having all of your needs met beyond what you ever could use, right? Say that, for example, you have more money coming in each month than all of the things that paid all the bills and you invest money and all all you have, you're going to want to be generous with your money. And if if you are really aligned, you're going to want to not only be generous with your money, but generous with your energy, right? Because it's like, you're taken care of. It's a feeling of like, oh, I'm so secure. How can I then help others? Um, you know, when I, my business really took off and really started doing well, I was in a place where it's like, I was making more money than I ever, I ever made before and it were ever dreamt possible. We were going on these incredible cruise cruises with our kids, see different parts of the world. You know, I was taking generously giving my parents trips like that to Maui and, you know, trips to um, the Mediterranean on a cruise and doing these things. But at the same time, I was very generously helping kids in Africa and villages mm-hmm. in Africa through the Unstoppable Foundation, creating villages. So they had water and, you know, the girls could go to school and they had medicine and, you know, an education. 
and, um, and food. And it's changing people's lives there, you know? So it's like, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at someone like Oprah, you know, she wouldn't be able to do half the philanthropic things that she is doing if she didn't create the wealth that she created. And so, you know, it's, it's really that old lie that you're selfish if you want money, because with money, money is like fun coupons. (laughs) I have like a visual for an Instagram, like post, like literally, as you said that, that's amazing. (laughs) So true. I mean, in money's energy, right? Like it's, they're all, it's all green energy, green energy. That's it. I mean, you know, our divine design is to be absolutely healthy. Our bodies know exactly what to do to literally create and maintain well-being in our bodies. Some of our bodies get out of whack. Why? It's all energy. It's all mental. It's all you know resistance. When I've seen this over and over and over with clients, when they come back into alignment, whether it's the migraines go away or the, the other issues, the blood issues, the thyroid cancer has gone away. I mean, different digestion problems. Because our body naturally, you know, you scrape your arm, you get a scab, it naturally knows what to do if we stay out of the way of it. And so it's kind of like when you have a scratch and you pick up the scab and then it makes it worse and worse. It's like, we don't have to be involved in the healing process. We sometimes need to get out of that process and let our bodies just literally do what it's created to do, blueprinted, designed to do, and it's being well-being. And so is abundance, success, and loving and supportive relationships. It's our blueprint, just as much we as we are blueprinted to have two eyes, one nose, one mouth, two ears. You know, it, it, that's our blueprint, our energetic, spiritual b- blueprint. So when we would deny the success, when we would deny the abundance, and we deny and suppress the love, and we deny the well-being, we're denying the part of us that breathes us, which is our divine self. Mm-hmm. Perfect segue. Last question. <laughs> I know you do Pilates. What else do you do to take care of yourself? You got a lot, you got another hour. I mean, <laughs> give me your, give me your non-negotiables. <laughs> yeah. So I do, um, I do acupuncture every two weeks, um, without fail religiously, because I do it to continue to boost my immune system. And the acupuncturers are awesome because they can see if my spleen is tired or my kidney or whatever, whatever is happening in my body. I also do hydrotherapy, um, probably once every six weeks. Um, I do rolfing every two weeks. Mm. I get a massage once a week on Friday nights at eight o'clock. That's that sounds like the time. best Friday night ever. <laughs> I used to, when I was probably your age or younger, I was like, Friday night, let's go party. Now yeah. I'm like, yes, it's Friday. I get a massage. <laughs> so perspective and, uh, <laughs> things change. Right. And you'd probably spend the same amount, like going out and partying or something as you would like a solid massage. That's hilarious. Love yeah. it. So that's my Friday night. So yeah, but I do Pilates and I have so much fun with it. I, um, you know, do a little hiking here and there, but yeah, I, I get a facial once a month, take care of my hair did, you know, like I, I do a lot of that stuff, but I also have spiritual mentors that I do and energy work, um, healings every week. I meditate and play with my energy every single day. I get to channel the council. So every time I do that, it's like being energized with a just big light and love bath. So, you know, I, I read books and meditate, like I said, and have fun, enjoy my husband, enjoy my kids, watch soccer games and (laughs) 
things like and that. Have fun. Yeah. And, and play with my dog who I really love. Who's Aww. under my desk right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a quiet dog. Good work. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> the closer he could be to either my husband or myself, you know, he's just so happy. So he, he knows Aww. he needs to be quiet when I'm in an interview. Oh, Chrissy, this was so, so enlightening. And I learned a lot of new things, which doesn't always happen on episodes. So I'm so grateful. Thank you for sharing your time. Can you just tell listeners where they can find you? Yes. I mean, Google me. <laughs> Stop <laughs> kidding. No, I, I, I'm at christywhitman.com. The program I was telling you about called Watch Your Words, that's actually free. It's a free 30 day video program. You get two to three minute videos every day that tells you about the word or the phrase, not to say why and what to say instead. So I highly recommend that you go there because you're going to really be able to shift your energy with those different, like knowing and being aware of it. Um, And there's fun things that, you know, like questions and interactions. And then at the end, I give you a PDF of all the words and phrases. So it's just really good to know that stuff. I also have the desirefactor.com which is where you could get the book. And I also have the Desire Factor podcast, which just launched last month. And you can learn all about those seven essential laws and a lot of things that we talked about today. Awesome. I'll link all that up. Thank you so much, Chrissy. This was so fun. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Thank you to Christy for being on the show. And thanks to all of you listeners for showing up each week. Again, consider leaving a review and uh, a little rating on Apple Podcasts. It makes a really big difference. If you'd like to follow along on Instagram, we're at Yoga Magic Podcast. See you next week, everyone.